Welcome to Feasting on Design. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with Anthony Biggie Bencomo of Deli Fresh Threads, a sandwich-centric apparel line based out of Orlando, Florida. We chat about how he turned his obsession with sandwiches into a business, using his marketing know-how to build a community and hold monthly sandwich eat-ups, the importance of building relationships, and what he looks for in the designers he works with, plus a whole lot more. I hope you like this episode of Feasting on Design. Let me know what you think, and if you like it, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Anthony, thank you for uh, joining me this morning. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So let, let's dive into things. And since since this is kind of a new format for Feasting on Design and we're, we're changing things up from Creative South, tell me, what's, what's kind of your earliest food memory? Um, that's a good question. So my earliest food memory, I know right off the bat, a lot of times when you said that, the first thing that came in my mind was, so my dad used to make me for... For breakfast, he used to make me these. He used to make, make basically make me. I call it like really like easy or like maybe ghetto grilled cheese. I didn't call it that as a kid. I call it. <laughs> I think of it now as that. But basically, what it was was toast. It was buttered toast with cheese. And he, you know, he would obviously he sometimes would make me a full one. So he would just do like one slice, mm-hmm. toast the bread, put butter on it, cut it in diagonal half, and then fold it over. And I would have basically almost like the cheese wasn't even melted, but I would have that as for breakfast for before I would go to school. Um, I remember that as a kid. And then obviously I'm Cuban, which even though I don't look Cuban, um, I remember eating quite a bit of uh, my mom would surprise me when I was a kid um, for my birthday. I would eat, you know, I could have anything I wanted for to eat. And I was, I guess I'm an oddity because I would create, I would ask for rice and black beans, which is normal, but then I would ask sure. for chicken parm. So I would do chicken parm with rice. I basically like I want to eat everything that I love on my birthday. So I was like, let's do both. Let's do both. And my mom would be like, okay. So Italian Cuban meal. Yeah, an Italian Cuban meal it wasn't. It wasn't never a bad thing about it. So, but those would be probably my earliest uh, childhood memories when it comes to food. Growing up, what were what were you into? Because I I know you're not you're not a designer. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to get a little bit of backstory, backstory and figure out how this all how, how, how this all started. So for me as a kid, I, you know, as a kid, I was all into my, my thing was I hated reading. Um, and sure. since I hated reading, my parents were like, I'll buy you we'll, whatever you're into. If you as long as you're reading it, we will we will get we will pay for it. And it was library a, is good. I use it with my kids. Yep, but it was a horrible mistake. And my parents basically backed out of it very quickly because I got into comic books. Um, uh. and I was reading comic books all the time. So it was like, you know, one of those things where I was reading anything, Spider-Man, anything, Batman, Avengers. I mean, I was just kind of going all everywhere. Um, just reading anything I could. Um, I loved mm-hmm. the design. I loved the illustration. Um, you know, and that was kind of my big thing. And then it also allowed me to read. So for me, that was really the big, uh, where it kind of got me with, you know, how I got into reading. And then of course, I was I was I'm a kid who, you know, I grew up playing G.I. Joe, He-Man and all that stuff. And sure. I was an only kid. So I had to use, you know, we didn't have technology. I used my imagination all the time. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I so I was one of those where I loved all that pop culture stuff. I watched all the cartoons, all that stuff. And so for me, that was really, um, 
you know, kind of what I, I got to do. I got to play with my imagination a lot. So my head, I, I feel like I always would tell people, I'm like, I'm a little different. I'm a unique. Everyone wants to be unique, right, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And so I kind of just was like, that's how my brain always thought. And I always thought of different odd things. Um, and then as you, as you progress, you know, through, you know, through everything through like high school and, and all that in college, um, in college, I, I was into wrestling. And, okay. uh, and I had this shirt. Like, like WWE. Yeah. Wrestling. WWE, NWO. I was into all that stuff. Um, you know, and, um, and it was cause I think a lot of it was cause I was in it with my, my, my college friends. Um, and at the time NWO was very, very popular. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so I basically, I was kind of like, I'm like, Hey, this would be really cool. I was, I was attending, uh, I go, I went to the university of central Florida. I went to UCF. And I was mm-hmm. like, how cool would it be if we made like an NWO shirt that, that was said UCF Golden Knights on it? And so I went to like all these stores that designed that like did UCF merchandise. And I asked them, I said, hey, are you um, would you I go, I have this awesome design, um, this concept. I'm like, I even have like a buddy of mine who you know sketched it up. Very easy design. So I had someone already designed, had it already done. I'm like, I even have the file. All you have to do is get it printed. All I ask in return is that you give um, you give me five shirts in return, but I promise you it's going to sell. And everyone was like, yeah, that's great, but I don't think it's going to do anything. And so I made a comment to one of my roommates and my roommate was like, dude, why don't you just start your own clothing company or why don't you just make it? And, um, and as I made that, I started getting into t-shirts. Um, and I, and I created a clothing company called nightmare apparel. And I was like, basically, I was definitely way ahead of myself, way way ahead of my time because my, no one knew who my school was. My school was nothing to what it is now. Um, but it was, uh, I started it. And so then I got to use my brain. I, I studied marketing at UCF. Sure. Um, and so all that creativity and all those ideas, I started coming up with all these different designs and different ideas. And we were just making our own clothes. And we basically, me and two other buddies did it for about, four, you know, four or five years. Um, we did it and I loved it. It was like probably my, uh, you know, I was definitely my, I had so much fun doing it and coming up with stuff because it was something that I loved to do. And it was also mm-hmm. my using my degree or at least my creativity and seeing people actually wear it. Um, and it was awesome. As, as that starts to take off and it grows, you know, you're still in school. Yep. You're, you're still doing all that stuff. Um, was it all UCF themed at that point? Yeah, at that time it was all UCF because I was basically since my brand was all that. And so I... Um, for me, what ended up happening was, and one of the things that you learn when it when it comes to having to do with like doing based on a specific niche, like a like a team, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of barriers to it. <laughs> yeah, they're called copyrights and licenses. Yeah, and so I actually, um, so the school actually, even though I was a, I graduated and I was still doing it, um, I actually, you know, they, uh, I may have had uh, collegiate licensing or police come and try to like you know, come and like do basically almost like I, I put it in quotes, like a raid while I was tailgating. The thing was, though, everything I did was done through collegiate licensing and I used co- approved printers and I used approved. Everything was approved. So they couldn't touch me. Um, the bad part was it's kind of at the same time, you know, not to get into a long story. At the end of the day, the, the key elements were when your team is not good uh, and <laughs> your, your team is not good, people don't buy. And uh, and so I can safely say now that I've seen my team um, go perfect two ways. Um, perfect meaning they didn't win a game all season, and I've also seen them now recently go perfect where they've won, um, you know, many numerous games in a row. Um, mm-hmm. But so for me, what I noticed was 
obviously if your team's not winning, no one's buying. And sure. so at that point, I kind of realized like, hey, we wanted to take the next steps after doing it for so many years that we realized like, hey, this just does not – it's not a good model. And I noticed that it, it basically went from three to two to one uh, where I was just running it. And then I just said, you know what, I, I you know, I got I can't just throw money at this. So yeah, if the team sucks, nobody wants the stuff. Correct. I mean, now just ask the Cleveland Browns. Correct. Yeah, you know, and even though now probably they want the stuff now because now they're starting to they're on the upswing, so everyone wants to sure. jump back on. But um, but yeah, so like that was really that was really my thing. But at the same time, you know, since so I stopped doing it, and it was one of those things where I just kind of I always just enjoyed the whole idea of t-shirt design and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been obsessed with sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I've had, I've done, pro- like I did projects where like during speeches or marketing ideas, I'd have to come up with like, what would be a restaurant concept or come up with an idea. And I would come up with like restaurant and they would always be sandwich, uh, or everything would always be like, if my vision would be, I would always be sandwich related. Um, gotcha. and so that's kind of where, and then I kind of was at a, you know, I got married. I, I had, you know, I had a kid and it was one of those things where I told my wife, I was like, Hey, I, I got a corporate job. Um, I'm, we're paying bills. I'm, I have a happy life, but I'm not, I'm kind of not happy on the creative side. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm dying every year a little because I'm not using that creativity for something. And so I kind of was like in one of those where I wouldn't say a quarter life crisis or anything like that, but I was definitely in a place where I was trying to figure, you know, you start figuring out when you get older, you start figuring out like, what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, sure. I got a full-time job, but what am I supposed to do? And so I kind of went for a long period of time just trying to figure out, like, what is it that I'm supposed to do? What is it that I want to do? And then one day my wife goes, well, what brought you happiness? And I said, well, I used to be really happy doing Nightmare Apparel, even if it was, like, out of my out of my, my apartment in my room. And so she's like, well, you love T-shirts. And so then at that point I started reading uh, Gary V's um, Crush It from sure. Gary Vaynerchuk. I read that. And obviously then I got into Johnny Cupcakes. Um, mm-hmm. at the time. And so then I kind of all, so I want to, I want to stop it. How did you discover Johnny cupcakes? So Cause he's, he's very niche. He's not he like, very niche, he's not yeah. a household name. He's, you've got to know somebody. So it's like, it's like getting introduced to like some weird yeah. alternative Icelandic prog rock band. It's so you know. what's interesting is, okay, first off, I'm from Orlando, Florida. I'm originally from sure. New Jersey and I'm from Orlando, Florida. So I'm not anywhere near Massachusetts. And when I moved, Johnny was never in existence when I moved from Jersey to Orlando. Sure. Um, but I, I, the odd part was, I think I watched something on MTV that had something about him about it, and I just remember seeing the the cupcake and crossbones and going, man, that is super cool. I want to. I remembered that, and then I had friends that lived in Boston, mm-hmm. and we went and we were like in the area, and I was like, hey, I think there's a guy that I saw that looks. His name is I think it's Johnny Cupcakes. I want to go check it out, and and it's funny because I knew it was clothing. But my friends and my wife did not know that it was clothing. They thought it was cupcakes. They thought it was cupcakes. They thought yeah. it was cupcakes. We, were, we had just finished eating on like the east, on like the the German area, like on the east side area. We just finished food. We we're walking around. We're like, oh, this would be great. We have some dessert. And I walk out of there, and like they're like, wait a second, there's nothing here. I ended up walking out with like three or four t-shirts um, from them, and I was like, <laughs> I just I loved everything about it, and the, especially in the aspects of me and in the idea of my marketing and branding. Expect I was like. I loved it. And then I, then I got a chance to meet him. Um, and then I got to hear him speak, uh, a few times and, and I got to talk to Lindsay and I got to like, you know, and then I met Clark Orr um, cause he was, he's from Orlando. 
Um, sure. And so it just basically became like I was a huge Johnny Cupcakes fan. I would wait in for hours to, and I loved everything from building the community aspect of it and all those people um, when it came to it. But at the same time, when I then came up with the idea that I wanted to do Deli Fresh Threads, I was very hesitant and I wanted to make sure that my stuff was all on point. And at the same time, didn't want anyone ever to say to me, oh my God, you're ripping your total ripoff of Johnny Cupcakes. Like it was kind of like I really wanted to make sure, like if people come back and say to me now, like, hey, this reminds me of Johnny Cupcakes, I take it as a, as a compliment. I don't take it as an, in, like, you know, kind of like they're saying anything disparaging to me or anything sure. like that. But it's one of those things where, that kind of, you know, those two, I would say Gary Vaynerchuk, um, you know, obviously Johnny listening to Johnny, because I, I must have heard him at least speak twice. Um, then, you know, just interacting with him on social media. And then that's kind of how I went, like all social media, being able to follow him, see all mm -hmm. the different videos. And then between that and then just saying, like finding out what my passion was. And I knew knowing that it was always sandwiches. I was like, well, I want to do something sandwich themed. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of how it, it kind of led. It kind of said, well, I want to start my own clothing brand and I want to make it very niche to sandwich because I realized that in the world of when it came to sports, you you know, it's a, that's a niche, but your niche is only that one team sandwiches. Sure. That's a, like even though it's niche, think about it. Everyone eats a sandwich. So like when people sometimes ask me, like, what's your target market? And I'm like, uh, anyone who eats a sandwich and wears a T-shirt. Like that's pretty much my market. Uh, I have everything from kids to old, you know, older people, you know, people my age to a little bit older, everyone, you know, millennials, everyone's wearing my stuff because of the fact sure. that everyone wears t-shirts and everyone enjoys a good sandwich. Sure. So specifically, why, why did you focus on sandwiches? What, what made you think, you know, was it, was it that kind of, it's niche, but it's got a broad appeal. What, what was the where, where where did the love of sandwiches come from? Was it that your dad making you that uh, buttered uh, ghetto, ghetto grilled cheese? Ghetto grilled cheese. Uh, I think for me, well, I basically call the sandwich the king of meals. So sure. I'm obsessed. I'm just obsessed with it. I make everything into a sandwich. Um, and I, not, I'm not saying I eat. A, I at one point I was eating a sandwich every day, but I'm saying like. I made everything. I always thought of everything like, oh, how can I make this into a sandwich? So for me, it just made sense for me to do something like I, I kind of looked at it as, well, if I'm going to go in and I'm going to start something and I want to become like the sandwich matter expert, uh, like or the SME on something, what is it that I want to be that? And to me, it was sandwiches. It just mm -hmm. it just made sense. I love food in general. And uh, and at the time, obviously, when I started it, more food, you know, obviously food channels were starting up or even or becoming even more popular. And so it just made sense to me because there was nothing else out there either that had to do anything with the sandwich. I feel like the taco and the pizza get all the love, but no one, everyone forgets <laughs> about the sandwich. So, so I saw someone the other day, speaking of tacos, yep. say that a taco was a sandwich. Yeah, I'm going to incorrectly tell them that. Uh, ask someone who is from Mexico and they will tell you that a torta is a Mexican sandwich. Uh, a yeah. taco is, as I would call it, uh, they're a handheld friend of the sandwich. They're a sure. part of the handheld family. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you got to have you got to have two pieces of bread at some point to make it a True sandwich. I mean, I know there's like open face sandwiches, like in Kentucky, you got the hot brown yeah. and things like that. But yeah, it's really two pieces of bread. So, and I agree with you. I don't call those open face sandwiches to me aren't sandwiches. Those are called as they would back in the day. They were called trenchers, 
And the, mm-hmm. uh, the concept behind the bread was the basically it would soap up like soap up all the, the juices and the flavors of mm-hmm. it. But if you have to use a fork and a knife for it, I'm sorry, it's not a sandwich. Like the idea, sure. the concept of the sandwich is that it's supposed to be handheld, you know, so between two things, either bread. I mean, obviously, I make it. I make I, I, Oreo cookies are considered a sandwich because they are a milk's favorite cookie. And also they are cream filled sandwich cookies. Um, because it's like that, but I mean, I use everything from waffles to pancakes. I pretty much will kind of play everything, play the game of how I can make it into a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, granted some people obviously start, they love the game of the challenge. Like, well, is this a sandwich? Was that a sandwich? And, um, and I appreciate, I enjoy the dialogue. I think it's a, it's a fun conversation to have, uh, when it comes to something like that. Next question regarding, is it a sandwich? (laughs) Is a hot dog sandwich? No, it's not. I don't think it is either. There, yeah. And and my and the way I'll go with it and how I how I've been able to answer it because I get that one quite often is um, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council uh, do not deem it to be a sandwich. They consider it to be a hot a hot dog, just like a like a sausage or a brat is, I guess, technically not a sandwich either. It's kind of like a even though you do use a hoagie roll for that one, but for a ha- hot dog, sure. I you know, and I joking because I was going back and forth with Oscar Myers. Um, cause they were saying that they were a sandwich on national sandwich day. And I said, dude, you have your own holiday. Just relax. I'm like, you have your, you had your own emoji. <laughs> you had your own emoji before the, the sandwich emoji came out. You have your own holiday. People eat you and have contests in, in July 4th. I was like, just have your day. I'm like, just because you want to have, you want to be part of it doesn't mean you have to, you know, be the sandwich. You're not a sandwich. Getting back on track yeah. as, as you know, when you decide on, deli fresh threads and you you've got a couple excuse me you've got a couple concepts that are ready to go into production yeah. how do you how do you start selling it how do you start getting the word out and, and growing an audience for it so before for me it what I, since I really, really, it's, it's kind of ironic because I think Deli Fresh Threads is kind of like a very simple name. It's like, okay, that makes total sense. However, I it took me a while. So for me, what I did was, it I would say probably between eight months, I was literally doing everything from create coming up with like blog posts, what my blog posts are going to be, started pre-writing stuff before I even started. Um, mm-hmm. I even had everything from like, you know, how my packaging is going to be how I'm going to do, you know, what I thought of everything that I can possibly think of um, before I even started. And then and during that same time, what I did was I created a Tumblr and I started basically just putting anything sandwich related out there. And I was interacting with people sandwich related. Um, And so I was doing I was doing all this and interacting with people on social media way before I even started the brand. So by the time I started the brand, people knew who I was. Um, because I started interacting because the whole thing was, I didn't want people to think, Oh, you're doing this because, you know, I wanted people to realize and see me as, you know, cause since I am the brand, I wanted people to see me as, damn, this guy is obsessed with sandwiches. Like Mm -hmm. I totally trust them or I totally, you know, like this guy's totally into it. This is kind of, this is fun. And so that's kind of how I started it before. So by the time I started, you know, I originally wanted to open up um, on November 3rd, national sandwich day. That was originally my theme, my goal, my goal. But however, it didn't work out because between my website not being done, I had some printing issues, all those things. I had to move it all the way out. And I finally started in January 18, um, 2013 is when I started. 
Okay. So I originally wanted to start and like, you know, the, in 2012, but I didn't, I didn't get a chance to because of how things, you know, worked out and I just kind of ran with it. But that's really how it started. I kind of built a, built, a, started trying to build a community or an atmosphere or just have people start following me and knowing that, you know, Hey, what is this? What are you, what are you coming up with? What are you doing? All you do is talk about sandwiches. And I literally was like resharing anything sandwich related, anything I found sandwich, I was basically posting on my Tumblr and posting anywhere to be able to just kind of start building that community. Sure. When, you know, obviously you've got a marketing background and all when, when you were doing all of that stuff at first, was it strategic or was it just, I like sandwiches. So I'm going to post about sandwiches. I'm going to do this. That's, that's kind of how I did it until I knew what I wanted. I just, when I had an idea like, Hey, I want to do someone sandwich related. I just said, let's just start posting sandwich stuff. And that's kind of how it went. And then as I knew, once I figured out a name, um, because at the time I didn't want to use the word fresh just because everyone was using fresh um, sure. as their name. But then I, when you start going to all these different places for deli food, deli meats, everything was fresh deli, deli fresh, um, yeah. all that stuff. So I kind of was like, oh, it makes sense. It's deli fresh threads. And so when I finally came up with it, that's when I kind of put everything back and then it became more strategic. And, uh, and just kind of kept doing the same thing as I was trying to build. And obviously, as I started building content, I then or started building like my products and, and stuff like that, I started mixing in, trying to mix in both, you know, sandwich stuff as well as my stuff. Because obviously, at the end of the day, you still want to sell your merchandise um, sure. and stuff like that. As, as, as it's growing and going back and forth and you, you, you finally started doing strategy, how did you decide on the final direction to take that? Well, I don't want to say final because everything still evolves and yeah. it's not like the company's shut down or something. But the, the direction you're using now, how did you decide on that and narrow it down? So for me... And it's one of those hard. It's really hard when you're when you start because when you start, it becomes like your concept, and you fall in love with something, and mm-hmm. it becomes like your baby. And so it becomes very diff- difficult because you know there's two different mindsets. There's that mindset of entrepreneur where entrepreneurs like I just want to sell and you know and do that. And then there's the ones that are like the the inventor creator of something, and then they're they fall in love with it, and sometimes they're not as flexible when it comes to it. Sure. And so. For me, it's it's kind of I've I've a little I've kind of evolved through the years a little bit. Um, I'm still very like all my stuff is like packaged like a sandwich. So I mean I like and all my stuff becomes very themed like a sandwich. However, I've noticed that this year I'm trying to become I'm trying to go a little bit. I'm staying within the realm, but I want to stay in the realm of like food and bread and like and you know kind of not be so like you know like I don't know like a perfect idea is like I have a shirt that says support your local sandwich shop. My next, I, my next concept for the year is I want to do something that just says eat local. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to make it kind of open up the aperture a little bit because mm-hmm. I figure if I can open up the aperture on some aspects where it still stays within the realm of food and you know supporting local and small business, and and I'll explain why that's an important part for me is that that I feel that I opens up the door for people to come in see the stuff, and then when they see that, they're like, wow, look at this other stuff that he has. Um, oh, I love a PB and J. Oh my God, grilled cheese is my favorite. And then it kind of just, I get them in the door that way. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I've evolved it. But fi- determination wise, like I, I you know, or finalization, like I've, I've had enough people tell me they're like, why a sandwich or why are you doing this? Like this is silly. No one else is doing this. Um, and for me, a lot of it was just like, 
It's just something that you, when you love something and you're passionate about it, I'm like, well, there's got to be other people like me, maybe not as obsessed as me, but you know, people that love a good fluff or something like that, you know, those, <laughs> you know, those people, like those people are out there and they, and, they, and they're diabetic and yes, they are, <laughs> especially when they say they ate it every single day as a kid, they definitely yes. diabetic right now, for sure. <laughs> so I, I'm curious as moving forward as, you know, cause obviously your, your deli theme is more. It's like the, the it, for lack of a better word, it's the sandwich shop deli. It's not, yeah. it's not like a Jewish deli or something like that. Have you have you thought of branching into that? Like, I mean, because you've got whole, you know, a whole other line of things that you could literally do around just looking at like a Carnegie deli or 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 Cantor's in L.A. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and build around that that type of deli setting. Yeah. And, and so for me, so one of the things that I did, because obviously, and you were at, like, when you asked the question about what, like how else did like, so I am, I've become more, I've become more than, I basically become the sandwich guy in, in Orlando. And the reason I say that is because I do more than just sell my shirts. Like, obviously I figure like I'm going to practice what I preach. And so one of the things that I started doing was, and wanting to build that community is I, I've been doing for like probably the last four years, I do this something called sandwich eat up. And every mm-hmm. month I actually, what I do, cause what happens is people ask, tend to ask the usual questions, just like you did, like is a hot dog a sandwich. Then they'll ask me like, where's your favorite sandwich shop? Uh, or what's your favorite sandwich? And so what I ended up doing was I ended up, since I don't, uh, uh, you know, the other problem I was having was I was posting so many pictures of sandwiches that people thought that I was a real sandwich shop. And so I kind of needed to get away from that because I also because of the because of the fact that since I do these monthly events, I call them sandwich eat ups instead of a meetup. And uh, sure. and what I do is I, am, I I like to play on words thanks, by the way. It, it makes me chuckle every time. I'm a big pun guy. Uh, uh, so then what happens is I ended <laughs> <Yeah>. up, <laughs> I ended up uh, I ended up doing a monthly event every month, and so I could invite people to come and eat at these small businesses. And actually help support them, but at the same time enjoy great sandwiches. Because a lot of times people don't tend to go outside their comfort zone, or they may not be comfortable with like you know, hey, I've never been to that place. I've always wanted to go. Well, now I'm giving them a reason to go. Um, sure. You know, and so that's kind of one of the areas where I've kind of I've kind of branched out to just because I really I'm really trying to build my, this brand of like you know sandwich obsessed or sandwich people that want to support the local community and stuff like that. Sure. So you're you're building a community around your product as well. Um, what are what are some methods other than the sandwich eat up that you that you use to build a community? Well, right now I I did videos. I was doing some videos before. I'm actually made more of a conscious effort this year to do more videos on my YouTube. Uh, but I was do I would do little things like I would do little quick videos um, where I would just do like, hey, sandwich tips. Like, what do you do with the butt of the bread? Um, you know, how do you, how do you use those? Cause sometimes people don't know what to do with the butt of the bread and you can make a great grilled cheese with it. If you put the butts on the inside with the cheese and you put them on top, they don't know any different. The kids don't know any different and you sure. can still use it. Um, it's just a lot of people that are like, they don't want to use it and it's, it's wasted or even silly, ducks. Yeah. Ducks. Yes. Ducks. It's or swans in Orlando. The other big one yeah. is, um, like I jokingly have things like, you know, what you still have a George Foreman uh, press probably, and people want to make paninis. You can make a great panini or a great sandwich press. It comes out like a great sandwich press using a George Foreman grill. So I've kind of like I started doing more of those, like doing sandwich tips and even making sandwiches or coming up with sandwiches and creating those and sharing those online. Um, mm-hmm. Just because 
I kind of do want to show people like, Hey, I do, you know, I do think sandwiches constantly. Like I'm, I'm making different things or I'm coming up. I've even, I had a few sandwich shop now that I've gotten to make, I've inspired one based on what me talking to them about as a kid making spaghetti uh, sandwiches. Uh, They made a special out of that. And then like, I have another one that I created a sandwich at a sandwich shop. um, That's Mm -hmm. like my creation. That's like a secret, secret menu item. Um, so it's, it's become fun because I'm, I'm basically building that, um, kind of community with, you know, when it comes to that and it being also being able to share it online. Sure. For, you know, for people who want to do their own thing and, and have kind of like a, I don't want to say similar idea, but want to, yeah, they want to do their own thing. Maybe they want to start like a lifestyle brand, things like that. What are what are some tips that you think are good for getting involved with the community to reach out and kind of integrate to grow your brand that way? Yeah. So my the big one I would probably say is see if, you know, and a lot of it depends on where you live. Um, like I have the ability where I live that there's a, like obviously I'm a food guy. So there's a lot of food bloggers. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and so that's one aspect of it that I deal with. I deal with a lot of the local bloggers or, or organizations um, that meet up and do activities like that. I'll do those type of things. Um, you know, I've, I've actually started doing more things like since I'm a food related brand, I've done stuff with like second harvest food bank. I've done some charity stuff with them as well. Um, mm-hmm. those are some of the aspects, but all of the other one, even not even just locally, because obviously when it comes to now we're all these, all these brands and all these things are not just local brands. They're, they're global because of the internet and everything is I would say, start interacting with, with a lot of these people that are, are in this similar field or similar industry or things, topics or niche that you're into, um, create that relationship. I'm not saying spam them, but I definitely say <laughs> like, I'm saying create that relationship, actually build content or, or add to the, add to the topic or to the conversation, uh, with them and kind of build that niche. I mean, that's one of the big things I think when people start seeing the genuine side of it and you start building those relationships, you start opening up that, you know, kind of opening up that, uh, you know, that aperture or that area for more people to come in and see who you are. And if people start more people start noticing like, Hey, this person's really into this, or this person really is knowledgeable in, in this. Cause you're adding to the, you're adding to the story, you're adding to the equation, um, of what someone's asking or talking about, whether it's on Reddit, uh, whether it's on blog posts or you're commenting on, you know, Instagram or, you know, or YouTube, um, all those things all, I think kind of help build that community and that relationship where people start finding out more about you and seeing you and following you. When you're reaching out to people to kind of connect with them, what, what's, what's your secret? What's your tried and true chip that, uh, works most of the time? So for me, I, so a few a few ways when I first started doing the brand because obviously I didn't just jump into it I I know a lot of people like I knew I knew a few things when I started one was this no one uh no one does this to get rich no one I I feel like no one starts a clothing Mm -hmm. brand to be like hey I'm gonna be a millionaire it's not it's not the case I'm not (laughs) sure you know unless you're like you know unless you're one of these you know like a Benny Gold or a hundred or something like that and you can, you know, and you all of a sudden it explodes, but even them, I mean, a lot of these people, I tell my daughter, she's 10 and I tell her, Hey, you know, you hear that girl on the radio? She's like, yeah. I'm like, guess what? She wasn't like, she didn't become an overnight success. She's probably been singing for, for 15 years. Um, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. So for me, knowing that I knew that I needed, you know, what better way to do it than to ask people. So what I did was I went in the beginning, I asked a lot of the clothing brands that, 
I admired and I really enjoyed what they were doing. And I asked them, I said, hey, listen, I'm starting out. What are tips and tricks that you that you learned that maybe you wish someone would have told you? Um, you know, I'm like, I, I, you know, and obviously they knew who I was because I was already interacting with them. Um, mm-hmm. And I asked them those questions and a lot of them gave me great responses. I mean, I, I know we live in a community where some people don't want to share um, sure. and there's some people that do. And so I asked them and whoever wanted to share gave me great responses and gave me gate, you know, great um, ideas or, or tips. Um, a lot of them overlapped, which is awesome because you start noticing that people, I mean, you obviously don't want to you know, at the end of the day, you got to make your own decisions. You can't really live off of everybody's ideas because everyone's got different ones. But you you want to at least get some knowledge and some grasp. That's one aspect that I did um, was just kind of going that route, just really asking questions like that, like, hey, where, you know, what what do you recommend and things like that. Like a lot of them all told me like, hey, use local printers, um, mm-hmm. use a local printer versus, you know, going out, you know, out because it just makes more sense. So, I mean, I kind of so I used a lot of that. And also you also want to do small runs because what happens is. You tend to have these ideas of grandeur sometimes and you want to, you know, and you're like, and, you know, two things for me was like you have champagne taste with a beer budget. So you kind of like have those, you know, you kind of have to figure out how am I going to scale it? And, you know, you don't want to go backwards. So like, okay, if you're going to do this, how do you scale up to the next level? What's your next step to take you to the next level when you have the ability to, Um, you know, sometimes I, I noticed there's a lot, like I have a, I'm actually from the table where I'm talking from, I have an entire, like my old kitchen table is like sticker bombed with, because mm-hmm. I, I love stickers and I sticker bombed it. And I have, I see so many clothing brands that I used to follow that don't exist anymore. And the big reason, and you know, for one reason or another, there is always something. And, and the biggest one that I can tell you is consistency. Sometimes people have this idea like I'm going to do a lifestyle brand, but then they have no niche. They have no focus. Nothing is consistent. It's all over the place. Um, They just like, you know, and so because of that, what ends up happening is you then don't have a a consistent message. Um, And if, and I think that's really one of the key elements to this whole thing is being consistent with what you're doing and following through, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and also maybe not overextending, overextending yourself. It's okay to be a small business. You know, I, I know like, you know, we're we're in a place right now where transparency is very big. And I think a lot of people tend to appreciate the transparency of behind the scenes of like, hey, I'm, I'm the one doing it. Like I have no problem telling people the business is like I, I find it very admirable and I love every time I see or someone say, can I have a representative or someone, you know, from your company? Guess what? It's me, myself and Biggie Bread, who's just literally <laughs> it. that's like that's my business. I mean, my brand is yeah. those people and my with my wife and some friends helping me. But that's really the the big area. People love seeing that transparency of like, hey, I'm a small brand. I'm I'm growing. Look at me how I'm doing these things and trying to share some of those things. Sure. And you know, as you're finding ways to grow, how do you how do you manage to do it all yourself? I mean, I realize you've got your wife who helps and like you you just mentioned that you've got, you know, some friends who help out here and there. But the majority of it's falling on your shoulders. How yeah. are you how are you managing that? So uh, I'm definitely it's a it's a balance. Um, I'm not gonna lie, it's a balance. I have a full time corporate job. I've been doing it for it's gonna be 15 years this year um, in the same company, and uh, and it's tough. I mean, it's tough. It's it's uh, it's definitely trying to figure out ways. And and every and I'm not gonna lie, I I've gotten I feel like every year I try to do a little bit more and try to make myself a better person when it comes to the side of business, but also at the same time balancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's very difficult. And a lot of it also is, um, there's certain things that I know I'm just not good at. 
And so the the hard part for someone like me, not a designer, is the fact that I have to pay for designs. So obviously there's sure. an extra cost that adds. So therefore there's less abilities for, you know, that kind of adds into like, you know, okay, now if I have to do four designs, it's going to cost me X. So therefore now that may be, preclude me from doing maybe another shirt release because I could have used that money to do a shirt, you know, and so – all those things are things that you have to factor in and therefore you have to be really smart on delegating or at least being able to find the right people that you can work with um, to help you offset some of those things. And then there's other things where maybe don't overextend yourself. Um, I kind of noticed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really the big areas and also a lot of planning. Like I've noticed I've done, this is the first year that I, you know, I'll admit this is the first year I've done where I actually know what all my releases will be for the full year. Um, I don't usually do that. I usually am one of those where I have a few ideas and something comes up, light bulb comes out, bam, I'm start running with it. And then it gets crazy. Um, and there's no real focus. So, um, yeah, I'm good at that too. (laughs) And and I'm not going to lie. It's still probably going to happen, but at least I know like, okay, I know what my February release is going to be. I know what my, my, you know, every month is going to be released. So then I can kind of, because of that. And if I have some of those things planned out where I have designs already done, it actually allows me to then use more time a to spend some time with the family, but also at the other time be more, be more on the creative side and create more content for my website. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's definitely been a balance. I mean, my I've been very fortunate with my wife being very uh, you know very tolerable, and at the same time, there's yeah. the, I get the I you know I have to make those hard decisions sometimes. Like sometimes um, one of the elements that I started in the beginning because of how my stuff is. Um, packed because I pack everything is individually wrapped and packed. Um, it takes a lot of time and I hand write every single note. So all these things I have to factor in and figure out. So my goal usually is, okay, how much time am I going to put in every single day towards my brand? Um, Mm. you know, and so that's what I did. I literally every single day when I plan, I plan ahead. If I have a big event coming up, then I know that I need to have a bunch of, um, you know, bag stamped, uh, you know, notes, handwritten notes ready for them. Um, have my markers, have all those things. And I just basically plan ahead. So I'm not trying to cram everything in. And if you plan enough ahead and you know, when your events are, then it makes it a lot easier to be able to kind of do more of those activities, you know, with family. Cause I, you know, it's hard for me to tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to spend the whole day doing, you know, deli fresh threads. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate enough with my job. I have every other Friday off. So my off Fridays are pretty much deli fresh threads dedicated. Um, sure. but then every night I'm putting in at least an hour, hour and a half, um, into something deli fresh threads. Um, just so I can kind of like, you know, when my kid goes to bed, um, I then kind of bring, I'll either have my laptop out or I'm doing something, doing emails, um, planning some social media, looking at calendars. So it, it definitely is what I would say is, um, and the best way to describe it to, to kind of close out the idea is it's kind of like a super, super big sandwich, right? Sure. You can't take a big, you sometimes you just can't take a big bite of it. Cause then you're like almost going to choke. But if you take little bites, little by little, you start, you actually start taking out the, the main bit of the sandwich. Um, mm-hmm. and then, so that's kind of the same idea. I've kind of through time, I've may have, uh, I've, I've improved on how I can eat a, a large sandwich and consume uh, a lot of different tasks and multitasking. When you were starting out, before you kind of figured out the taking little bites out of things, were you ever getting kind of locked up and frozen in fear with just, yeah. oh, my God, I've got this huge thing in front of me. How am I going to tackle all this? I, I had a lot of those. And I also had a lot of moments where you think to yourself, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, does anyone mm. even care? Um, and that's a tough one. Those are the tough ones. You have that self-doubt. And, yeah, I had a lot of those moments where I would like I could tell I would get stressed out. 
Um, and it was like kind of like, okay, why am I doing this? Like, is this really fun? Because like, obviously I started to do because it was fun. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I kind of looked at it as, okay, just I, I try to make it positive. Like, okay, how – what is a good way to be able to take this and take the – you know, what can I learn from this? How can I improve on this? Um, you know, and I kind of took it as, you know, obviously once I finished and dealt with the things that were kind of, you know, overwhelming, like trying to, you know, figure out like, how am I going to set up a tent? Like I, I used to have to have help all the time on, you know, when I set up outdoor events, um, and I sell now I can do it by myself. But a lot of it was because I just, you just kind of need to, you need to figure it out. Sometimes you need to jump in that water and not, and, and just sink or swim, but figure it out. You know, like if you're not, I didn't, I figured that if I, if I quit, I didn't, you know, if, if you quit now, like, or quit when something was difficult, what was I going to do? So I would either sometimes I would just start taking it. Okay. What can I work on now? What, you know, and, and try to like knock out little by little. I literally, it just kind of, you know, it almost forces you to do something like that when it's so overwhelming, when you have so many things going on, it's, it's definitely very difficult, but you just kind of have to, you know, like I said, take those, take those, uh, you know, take those steps and, and figure out what can I accomplish now? And just take the little victories little by little. How are you defining goals for yourself and, and, and striving to meet them? So my goals, I try to give myself. So one of the things that I started doing in the last few years for me, goal wise, because what I tend to realize is at the end of the year, you tend to forget all the things that you accomplished throughout the course of the year. Sure. Um, and then you tend to be like, wow, I had a really crappy year. And then so one of the things that I started doing was um, I try to give myself, you know, realistic goals. But and obviously there's the goals that you want to like far up ahead, but you also want to give yourself realistic goals because I tend to notice I'm a big guy. So obviously as you're trying to – like I'll use a weight loss example. If you try to tell yourself I want to lose 100 pounds and you don't – you're it, it'll take you a while to get there. But if you mm -hmm. make it – so you make it obtainable gains, you know, like I want to lose 20 pounds and then I want to lose another 20. Then I – so that's kind of how I've created my goals when it comes to Deli Fresh Threads. Like I want it – uh, you know, constantly like right now, it's like I want to build my YouTube, you know, content and subscription subscribers. I want to be consistent. Um, that's really my key word of the year for me for 2019 is consistency. I want to be more consistent on not really Instagram and things like that, but more on the YouTube content, more on, you know, just kind of stay consistent when it comes to my message, my branding and all of that. Um, but when it comes to the goal side of it, I really just want to, you know, I kind of look at it as. What can I, you know, basically measurable goals. You wanted to create measurable goals that you can actually accomplish. Um, and at the same time, you know, try to give some of those, um, I would say, like those, what do they call it? Like when you feel like when you get out of your comfort zone uh, goals. And those are, some sure. of the, those are some of the ones that you want to have because you kind of need, you need to be uncomfortable sometimes. Um, I think when you get comfortable in, in, in certain areas, you then become lackadaisical and you sometimes start the... I think the the quality starts going down. Um, sure. And so those are all things that you definitely don't want to have. Real quickly, kind of moving into the creative side of things. Okay. Um, so, since you're not a designer and you, and you have to work with other designers, what, what are, what are qualities you look for in a designer when you're finding one? So for me, the big thing I do, I do a lot of, I basically I follow a lot of designers on Instagram. Um, I kind of look. I love looking at their work. I'm just oh, I'm mesmerized by designers and illustrators. Um, I follow everything from like comic book artists to you know just anyone who's doing clothing designs. And for me, the the big thing I look at is 
when I come up with an idea, the idea is kind of, I come up with it. So I doodle it, I draw it, I see it, I see, I know what I want to see uh, in the design. But then my biggest, my biggest goal is finding someone who that is their strong suit. That's what they're, that's what they do. They're, they're a better illustrator. They're a better typographer, you know, things like that. And then I try to find the ones that I think are going to be the best fit for it. And then obviously sure. the other big aspect is, you know, can one, can I afford them? Two, you know, build, have I built a relationship with them? Do they not know who I am? Um, do they understand what my brand is? I think I, I think it's very important for, um, yeah, yeah, it's great to have a, des- a great designer. I, I, you know, to do your stuff, but I, I think I enjoy, I really enjoy working with designers that understand what my brand's about, like what my brand's about, want to be want wants to be part of my brand. Um, I think it's important, and the other the other big reason is because. Um, I do something that I think is a little different. I don't know many d- clothing brands that do this. And obviously, you'd know quite a few designers. Maybe you can tell me sure. if this is something that's shared. But like if you go into my deli, if you go into like Deli Fresh Threads and you go to shop, you will find out whether in a blog post or in the description of the of the of the shirt who designed it. I have no problem telling people who designed the shirt. There's mm-hmm. a lot of clothing brands that don't. And the reason I yeah. do that is just because I look at it as, and it, and it, and you, I don't know. I I think I kind of jokingly say I'm bad at business because the concept for me is this: we are all small brands, creator, mm-hmm. cre- you know, illustrators, designers are small brands. I'm a small brand, so obviously, you know, we are here to help one another and share. Just like I want those designers to be super excited and proud of the work that they did with me uh, or for me and share it with them. I want people to share, you know, I want to share with them those designers. I want those designers to get big. Granted, sometimes they get so big, I outpriced myself because they're now working with larger <laughs> brands, but they also understand and see that I care for them just like they're caring for my brand. Um, mm-hmm. And so to me, that's something that I look at as I, the reason I do it is really because I, when I interact with them, I kind of, they see that. I mean, it's not something that I'm just making up. I've done it from the beginning. Um, and, it, and I think it's just really because I really do. I enjoy, I enjoy what these designers are doing and I appreciate them working with me. Uh, you know, and I think it's awesome. I think, I think it's, you know, I wish it was a skill that I wish I had because obviously it would be really, God knows how many designs I would have if I could just design my own stuff. Uh, but at the same time, it's something that it's, it's, a it's really interesting just seeing some of these designers and seeing some of them, you know, even just their work, how it's grown through the years. I mean, just kind of like how you develop yourself as a brand, you know, they get bigger and better doing different things. Sure. When, when, when you are seeking out new designers, what are some red flags for you that just, uh, make you not want to work with them? Oh, that's a good question. So for me, I think I look at, I, so I try, I tend to, I, I, I tend to scroll a lot on either their dribble or their Instagram account, especially if they're using that. So I tend to look at a lot and see kind of what their, their style is. And for me, that really, for me, that's kind of like if it doesn't if it doesn't fit my I mean, you could be a phenomenal artist, but if it doesn't fit my my style, then obviously that's going to be one. I think inconsistency. I see the other one is like if you're copying other designers, since I oh, follow yeah. since I follow a lot of different designers and I start noticing designs that are very, very similar. Those are all kind of for me like I really don't want to work. I don't really want to work with you, um, you know, when it comes to something like that, because obviously I, I would hope that my content or my creations are somewhat original uh enough obviously a lot of times the designs are are conceptualized or thought of because of another design or inspired by another design but at the same time like that's kind of some of the big things that i kind of look at gotcha so as as we're kind of getting close to wrapping up i want to ask you a couple 
food related questions. Got it. Um, where to start with this? So, you know, what what's what is your favorite comfort food? Um, favorite comfort. So I would say favorite comfort food. Um, you really can't go wrong with, uh, for me, just because it's a comfort food and it's in a form of a sandwich, you really can't go wrong with a com- like a meatloaf, uh, leftover meatloaf sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. There's uh, another one that I, I enjoy. There's a place around here in Orlando that's called, uh, she does like a Thanksgiving sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called, they call it mama Ling Ling, but it's a Thanksgiving. So those are, but obviously you can never, ever, ever go wrong comfort food wise, grilled cheese, tomato soup. Uh, you know, you really can't go wrong with that. Uh, and then those are kind of like the, the, my go-tos, obviously sometimes the meatloaf is you have to either make it yourself, which obviously takes more work. And when you require, when you require comfort, sometimes you don't want to do a lot of cooking. Um, so a lot of times it'll usually be a grilled cheese, uh, is probably usually my comfort, my comfort food. Um, and if that's not around then ice cream and Oreo cookies, (laughs) gotcha. What, what is your deathbed meal? Oh, deathbed meal. That's a great question. Um, I would probably say there, there would be a sandwich involved, but I probably would say that I would definitely want um, during during Christmas Eve, my family does uh, roasted pig or, mm-hmm. or lechon and, uh, and rice and beans and yuca. So I would definitely think that would be um, that would be one of them. Um, along with a sandwich and, and it would, and my favorite sandwich of all time is this thing called the Chimu. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird, uh, name, but the concept of it is it's, it was inspired by a food truck and that food truck was inspired by a tripleta, which is a sam- Puerto Rican sandwich. And what it is, is what I, my definition of a full meal sandwich. And what it is, it's steak chicken with an Asian slaw, mango mm-hmm. barbecue slaw, mar- mango barbecue sauce with then has sweet potato fries on top. And then, then on this bread that's called bang so wow, which is like a sweet bread. It's kind of like a sweet Cuban bread. Um, yeah. And everything is all in one. So it basically has everything. It has the fries, the slaw. So think of it like a full meal sandwich, literally. It has all your sides and everything in it. That definitely would be part of that uh, that that equation of my my death meal. And then and wrapping up, if, if you were going to open your own restaurant, what is one menu item that would have to be on there? One menu item for sure would be uh, I would definitely have a uh, one of the ones that I have on on my list of uh, if I were to open a restaurant would be I definitely would have a spaghetti and meatball uh, sandwich. Uh, it would be mm-hmm. a garlic loaf with spaghetti and meatball. The spaghetti and meatball obviously would be chopped up so that way it makes it easier when you're eating and it's not you know everything coming out. Um, it would be on a garlic loaf with mozzarella cheese on top of it um, would definitely be one of the would be definitely one of them. Have you had one of those? Have you had a spaghetti and meatball sandwich? It'd be kind uh, of almost I can't like say a, that I have. So it'd be I, I make it at home, but I do it like as I call kind of like the way my dad like I don't know if you ever have spaghetti and meatball when you have spaghetti yeah. at your house. Do you ever do like what I as a kid I used to do it with like garlic bread, but I would do like I not gar- I guess it's called like the economical version of garlic bread where you would just use garlic uh, bread with butter with a little bit of garlic on it. Sure. So yeah. I would do that. Sometimes I'll use that or I'll use uh you know, I'll use the garlic Texas toast because it's a little bit yeah, bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what I would do is I would use leftover. A lot of times I use leftover spaghetti and meatballs. I would cut it all up and then make it almost like a grilled cheese. So you have like the mozzarella uh, on the bottom, spaghetti and meatball, and then another one on top. And then you would put it, to, mash it together and let it melt. So that mozzarella kind of holds, kind of creates almost like a pocket with all that, everything and oozes it. 
man, it is so good. Uh, it's like it's one of those where it's definitely uh, you know I just think it's fun. I, I literally that and, and for dessert, my restaurant would definitely, definitely, definitely have um, either a ice cream cookie sandwiches. Uh, uh-huh. Or make your own dessert sandwich. So you would either be able to pick either between brownie, um, pound cake, chocolate chip cookies, or cookie of your choice, and then use you know pick your pick your filling either ice cream, uh, frosting, you know a variety of different things that you can use Nutella, and then you can mash it and make your own kind of sandwich with two, between two cookies or pieces of pound cake. Uh, d- be- before I let you go, um, first thank you so much for uh, coming on and 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 chatting with me. I appreciate. It. Thank you. And then uh, where can people find you online? So you can find me at delifreshthreads.com. And then uh, if you pretty much put that Deli Fresh Threads in on Twitter, Instagram, you know, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Tumblr, you pretty much will find me there. But I'm, uh, you know, and, and I'm, if not, if you want to see on my personal side, I'm UCF Biggie, but everyone, you know, knows me as Biggie. And you can pretty much see Deli Fresh Threads. And if there's a sandwich topic, and you want to you find you see something like that or you find out about a celebrity and their favorite sandwich, uh, you know, or you want to tell me what your favorite sandwich is after listening to this. By all means, let me know. I, I love talking. Uh, I love talking sandwiches and where I can get a good one at. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and uh, go out and break some bread with somebody. I definitely will, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I know you've done a great job, uh, you know, pre- this on this new uh version of uh of you know your podcast i'm really looking forward to it i really am honored that you invited me so so thank you very much oh you're welcome You can find out more about Deli Fresh Threads on Twitter at Deli Fresh Threads without the E and A in threads. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with them. Visit feastingondesign.com to catch up on archives of the Creative South podcast. Get some cool swag like t-shirts and stickers that are on sale right now for 50% off with free shipping on orders over $25 when you use the code free shipping, all one word, plus You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Feast on Design. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribbble, Twitter, and Instagram.